CBS Sports presents Farrah Fawcett Majors taking the court against Bill Cosby. Just a few of the stars on the high-spirited special Celebrity Challenge of the Sexes, Sunday at 8, 7 Central Time. That familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show. 60 minutes of audio on the internet. So now, without further ado, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you, who the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man who goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world wide web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. The name's Goodman, Spud Goodman. Welcome to our radio experiment that does not, in fact, include live animal testing. We may use a few dead hamsters occasionally, but big deal, right? Anyway, with me tonight is our uh, temporary uh, permanent co-host, uh, Mr. Gerald Holcomb. You can say hello now. I would like to extend my own warm greetings to everyone now listening. Though, of course, we would prefer a much larger audience. We do appreciate those of you who are with us. And, uh, Spud, that yeah. brings me to an idea I have. Yeah. Uh, listen, I've given a lot of thought recently to how we can increase our audience, and the answer is really simple. Contests. Really? Yeah, listen, radio call in contests. It works for iHeartMedia, Intercom, the others. Why wouldn't it work for us? Uh, don't you have to have like prizes to give away to callers? They're not going to call without having a chance to win something. Uh, I'm way ahead of you. I've taken the liberty of securing some really neat prizes through a trade out, out agreement with some of the local companies here uh, around the, around yeah, the station. Yeah, yeah. Our, our executive producer is on board with this as it oh, costs great. us nothing. Great. Uh, we, listen, we just do a quick mention of the business before we award the prize. Pretty sweet, huh? Well, I, sh- I should probably introduce our designated laugher, Gina, here right now oh, yeah. and get her opinion on this. What do you, what do you think uh, about Colin contest? Stale and like so in 2004? What do you think? <laughs> well, I once won a radio call-in contest. I think I was in the 7th or 8th grade. I-, I won tickets to a Candlebox concert from 107.7. And I think the DJ was called Dick or something. Yeah. He yeah. made me feel like a star when I said I won. It was pretty cool. Yeah, well, you know, we really could use more people listening to this show outside of my mother and neighbors, so <laughs> what the hell? Let's just do this. Excellent, excellent. Okay, you will not regret this. Uh, Dave, can you dig up the call-in announcement with the station phone number I spoke to you about? Uh, the regulars know it, but we need to expand our reach here a little. Call in the spud line and give them a piece of your mind. Call the spud line. Call the spud line and give them a piece of your mind. 253-242-3054. Call the spud line. Call the spud line and give them a piece of your mind. Call the spud line. 
Yeah, so how long does this take? I have no experience with yeah, this. No, no, listen, we're, we're just going to take the first call, and if they get the question right, then he or she will win a one-pound filet of sole from Franco's Fish Products right here. Good in call, yo. <laughs> I enjoy a nice filet of sole. Sure. Now we can, uh, can we enter the contest? No, well? we can't. Oh. There's rules. You can't. Uh, listen, I, I think we have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, are you there? Yeah, I hate filet of sole, but my wife will eat it, so just what, what's the question? And Hey, look, can you make it quick? I'm, I'm in a hurry here. I'm downloading something, and I've, I've only got a second. All right. Well, hey, hey, if it's porn, you, you might want to watch out for the malware because it can really mess up your system. Just just a heads up. Yeah, viruses. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, let me, let me get my question here. <clears throat> okay. Are you ready, caller? Who? Yeah. All right, here we go. Who invented the Internet? Wait, is this a is this a trick question? It, it, Al Gore, right? Am I right? Al is a fish. Oh, it's fresh. You stupid, <laughs> ignorant son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Uh, I caller, I'm sorry. Although Al Gore was largely responsible for the initial funding of the internet, the creation is credited to Robert Kahn and Vinton Cerf. Uh, the fish, by the way, is totally fresh. Well, okay, I, that, it'll be fresh if we get a winner tonight. I don't know what it's going to be like in a day or two. That was a really lame question. Can I just get a do-over, please? Uh, no, no. i got to play some music right now, though. This is a song performed on our national cable TV show in the late 90s. It is They Might Be Giants with their song How Can I Sing Like a Girl off their factory showroom album. Please get me out of this. Play the damn song. Hi, we're They Might Be Giants. This song is off our brand new record, Factory Showroom, and it's called How Can I Sing Like a Girl. Birds are calling to sing along. But my window's painted shut And all that year of chorus taught me Is out of style and long forgot How can I sing like a girl And not be stigmatized By the rest of the world Tell me Sing like a girl and not be objectified as if I were a girl. I want to raise my freak flag higher and higher, and I want to raise my freak flag and never be alone. Never be alone From the watchtower I've been spotted Fingers pointing at my mouth Spotlights turn and pivot towards me But I dare not make a sound How can I sing like a girl And not be stigmatized By the rest of the
Goodman Radio Show. Hi, this is Rob Schneider. You can do it. You're listening to Spud Goodman because obviously you're lacking a little bit of taste. Hey, uh, Spud, uh, don't get too excited, but she's holding on the line. Are you talking about my mother? No, 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 no. <laughs> Our first guest. I know you really want to talk to her because you're such a big fan of well, hers. Fr- fr- friend Dresher's on the line right now. Well, well, why am I talking to you and not her? Well, I was just trying to tell you that well, she's... Well, someone a- put her through, for God's sakes. Hey, please welcome to the show actress, producer, comedian, Fran Drescher. How are you doing tonight, Fran? I'm well, thank you. How are you, Spud? Uh, super. Uh, let me make full disclosure here before we begin. I have had a crush on your voice for many, many years. You know, maybe it's connected to some aspect of my relationship with my mother, who is from Brooklyn. I, I don't uh, know, and frankly, I don't want to get Freudian, but I just want to tell you, I'm going to revel in your presence on the show right now. It's very special to me. Oh, thank you. How sweet you are. You know, every time... People say that to me. I look up to the heavens and say, the spell is not broken. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, Fran, you've been involved in a couple rather historic films in your career. The first being, of course, Saturday Night Fever, as billions of males worldwide uh, had a white suit hanging in their closet. Did you guys, while still in production, comprehend the social impact you were about to make? You know, I don't know if while we were shooting it, we did, but when I saw a rough cut, shortly thereafter, I was flown to L.A. to do a movie with Jay Leno, and it was with the same studio, Paramount Pictures. So I was invited to look at a color test screening of it, Mm -hmm. and when my husband at the time and I... Actually, he was my fiance at the time. We watched it in uh, at the studio uh, screening room. We knew then that something very big was going to come of this movie. The music was amazing, and Travolta, who was already a star from Welcome Back, Cotter, was absolutely incredible. And the way it was shot, I mean, from the opening scene when he was walking down the street, just you know, we knew that this was something really going to be major. Uh, yeah, in fact, was. But let me let me move on to uh, the other film that has meant so much to so many, and specifically me. It's quite possibly the most important American movie ever made, Spinal Tap. Um, in your role as Bobby Fleckman, did you sense on that set that this film would ultimately re- you know, remain just as cool a century from now? Because it, it's going to be. With the writing and the performances, it should have swept the 1984 Academy Awards, and it was a travesty. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny because I just had dinner last night with Rob Reiner. Oh, and super. We were, uh, and we were having dinner also with Danny and Donna Aykroyd. So I was working on Dan Aykroyd's film where I met Danny and Donna. We all met at the same time on a film called Dr. Detroit. Right. I was working on that movie when my agent called and said that you should take a meeting with Rob Reiner, who's doing his directorial debut in a movie called Spinal Tap. There's no script, it's just an outline. The whole movie is improv, and they're getting very good 
comic actors to be a part of it. So I said, great. And I went in there and uh, met with Rob and talked about, you know, just life and the movie I was shooting with Danny. And he said, you know, you're doing some, you're very interesting to me. And it's not what I was picturing for the character, but I like it. And so that was the beginning. And it was low budget. You know, I supplied my own wardrobe. Wow. And, uh, and you kind of made things up following the outline of information that you had to get out in scene to scene. Mm -hmm. And so I can't say that when I was doing it, I knew that it was going to be as magical and well done as it came. And I must say they had like over nine hours of footage. But Rob very artfully and craftfully edited it down to a 90-minute film that became a cult classic to this day. I am always stopped by major rock stars. Heck yes. Who say, we worship you. We watch that movie on the road. You're never going to see a music bus that doesn't have that DVD on the bus to watch, and it still holds up. And I feel, you know, really blessed to have been a part of it. Um, it's just an amazing kind of uh, bird's eye view of the industry done very tongue in cheek and actually started a whole genre of filmmaking yes, it did. called the mockumentary. Yes, it did. Um, I mean, it will be just as vital centuries from now. That's just my opinion. Um, Spud, well, do you think Fran would autograph a picture or something? The wife is a huge fan of hers. I'm not going to ask her to send you an autographed picture. That is tacky. A professional talk show host does not do that crap. Could you make an exception in this case, as it would make my wife so happy? I mean, it might put her in a better mood, as lately she's been a little disappointed in me. Very disappointed. Do you think you're the only guy with relationship problems? I, myself, had a big blow-up with my mailman the other day. Do you think I'm going to ask Fran here for an autographed photo for him as a peace offering? You know, that's not a bad idea. I'll send her an email tomorrow. Hey, I, but i got to get back to the interview right now. Well, let me, let me move on to your work in television. You were nominated for two Emmys and two Golden Globes in your role as Fran Fine on The Nanny. Did you spend any time researching the role with other nannies on the Upper East Side and West Side of Manhattan? There must have been some, like, uh, local nanny union or somewhere you could go check out, you know, some no, people. No, no, because, you know, I always found that the less I knew, the funnier I was. Oh, okay. So, you know, I didn't... Uh, and as far as the character herself goes... That was inspired by me when I was in high school and all the rich and wonderful characters that I grew up with in Flushing, Queens, New York. Okay. So, no, I'd never been a nanny. I only played one on TV. All right. And I did no research because, you know, uh, the less I knew, the funnier I was. Well, that recipe seemed to have worked out just fine. Um, yes, it's been on the air since 1993, not missing a single day almost everywhere in the world. Wow. And I'm very, very grateful and appreciative. You know, I created that show and executive produced it and started in and, you know, wrote on every episode, directed a few of them, 
And so it's very much my baby. And I'm very, very grateful for its ongoing success and endurance. It's sort of become, you know, classic television by now. Oh, well, no doubt about that. Um, well, you know, you once had Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop uh, guest star on an episode of your show. That must have been epic because Lamb, Lamb Chop was a highly underrated figure in contemporary American pop culture. Uh, it was a very fun episode, and my dog Chester Drescher at the time starred in it, and, uh, you know, just recently my ex-husband and, and writing producing partner to this day, Peter Jacobson, said he just watched the Lamb Chop episode on TV, because every once in a while we watch the show, and and uh, remember, you know, the way we were. Right. But um, that was a very special episode. And Sherry Lewis, I grew up with and was so talented. Right. And so lovely. Um, but, you know, she's long past already. There's so many people on that show that uh, were celebrities uh, that are no longer alive, but they are immortalized on the nanny absolutely they live on they live on in reruns yes absolutely um you know you've been quite active promoting uh, equal rights for the lgbt community over the years we actually kind of seem to be making progress in this area as you didn't see too many political spots uh you know during the midterms warning say gay marriage is going to bring on a nuclear winter or anything so making progress right yes you know i think that um the uh, the political parties uh, always kind of inflate a hot topic yes. to get people into the voting booths because the you know candidates themselves uh, rarely are able to do that since so many of them are lackluster mm -hmm. and status quo but so they pick a topic like that now that was a hot topic that got people out of their lazy boys and into the voting booths for better or for worse um this year of course it's the immigration issue yes but i actually think it's all a tactic of manipulation and in the end, I'm very, very happy to see that, you know, uh, the gay uh, community is not being used in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a ardent believer that uh, no group should be marginalized in a country as great as ours. And uh, that uh, civil liberties is the backbone of what makes this country great and must always be protected. And those that are marginalized must, you know, be fought for and defended. Well, yeah, well stated. I, I was curious on this. But you should ask Fran about what the three kids from the nanny are doing these days. People love to hear updates on what's going on with child actors after they grow up. What? Do, do you think this is like People Magazine or something? No, no. I was just thinking it might be something the listeners would enjoy hearing about. Oh, like my, my questions are not interesting enough? Absolutely not. They're just fine. Sorry I mentioned anything. Yeah, you should be sorry. 
now. You think the current Republican Party, if it was around at the turn of the 20th century, what, what, what do you think, what nationalities do you think that they would, you know, have let get off the boat at Ellis Island? You know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, it, it's, and th- there actually were people at the time that, you know, uh, were very uh, class-oriented and, uh, and, and racist and prejudiced. But mm-hmm. there was a huge need for a working class because it was the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that uh, was more accepted at the time um i think that uh we forget what this country really is about and there are people that take ownership of it and exclude other people which is wrong and also there's a general you know fear of change and change and movement and plasticity and flexibility is all good for a nation. And uh, those that are maybe a little more tolerant and open-minded and aware of things, um, you know, embrace that. Right. And those that are ruled by fear-based political tactics as well as fear-based news exploitation to keep you glued to the set, to keep you buying papers, uh, to keep you coming into the voting booths, and to keep a nation divided, uh, you know, are really at a disadvantage. All right. Well, super. Well, I got to say, I have really enjoyed the time we have spent talking tonight, as I am now a huge fan of not just your voice, but of all aspects of Fran Drescher. And Thank if, you. That's right. <laughs> and if you ever need anything, you just let me know, as I owe you for taking time out to call me tonight. You know, as if I lived in Malibu, I wouldn't be talking to some schmuck on the radio when I could be on the beach in front of a bonfire sipping a cold fresca. So I just want to thank you so much. And uh, and you, you just take care of yourself, all right? Thank you, Spud. Thanks for everything, and thanks to your listeners for their continued support. You take care, Ms. Fran Drescher. Thank you. Is this uh, Mr. Tommy Chung? Who's calling? Uh, this is Spud Goodman. You remember me? Who? Spud Goodman. Who? Uh, I kind of have a radio show. Uh, Spud's not here, sorry. Uh, this is Spud Goodman. Who's calling? Spud Goodman? Spud Goodman. It's Spud, S-P-U-D. Spud's not here. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions. The program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome our our guest for this evening is the Jilly Rizzo, who happened to have a brand new record, yes, record, titled Three Strike Mooser, now available at all the little, you know, at all the stores for for all the little rock and rollers out there. They can tell mom and dad to to pick it up at the nearby record store. And if they don't have it, you guys demand it, right? All right. Uh, Well, each uh, and every one of you guys, you're a lot of people here, man. Identify yourselves. My name's Kelly. What do you want to know about me? I play guitar. (laughs) I'm Mara, and I sing and play tambourine. 
Super. Uh, Dick, an electric bass songwriter. Super. I'm also Kelly, and I play fiddle. Fiddle, cool. Very cool. We've got the drummer in the back. I'm Terry, the smart one. <laughs> All right, there we have that for the record. All right, um, <clears throat> Mr. Rossetti, your, your band, the Jilly Rizzo, is uh, very difficult to label. Um, you're is, not a death actually. metal band. You're not a folk rock band. No. You're not a calypso band. I don't Charlie know how to surf. I just don't know how to describe you. Uh, was this intentional? It's a uh, comp rock, a whole bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, why, uh, you get bored with the sound, mm-hmm. so why not have uh, three sounds? Super. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, hey, would, would each band member state their own personal New Year's resolution for 2015? Uh, mine is uh, stay above ground sober. There you go. It's a good one. Wow. God. <laughs> Mara? Um, I would like um, to, uh, I think I'd like a, a larger shoe size. Okay. We'll see what we can do about that. <laughs> um, anybody else? I'd like to grow taller. That's my goal. <laughs> I don't know if it's doable, but some we can, I guess, take a look at. All right, okay, we'll tell you what. Uh, Mr. Rossetti, as a former member of the uh, terrestrial radio industry, uh, i.e. a DJ at a large station that will remain nameless. I knew you'd bring that up. Yeah, of course. You know, I, I got, I got my, that's your Achilles. I had to throw it out. Yeah, you um, did. So d- did uh, you ever have to, to give away really lame prizes on call-in contests, too? All the time, and I'll tell you what, I rigged 98% of them. True story. The answer is. That's for the record. That's yes, a that is for the record. I go on record saying that they were rigged. That so is like if I, if I, I... I knew you. Yeah, you're caller number 107, sure. Even caller 5, you're 107. I don't care. Yeah. Wow. It was rigged and it, they had a, yeah. Stop the presses. Yeah. All right, super. Um, wow, I'm I just shut the fuck up, Donnie. And not knowing how awesome that was. I am stunned. All right, well, hey, what's the name of the first song we're going to do? This is called Seeing Guys Like You Come and Go, Mostly Go. All right, let's yeah. do it. Okay. Go. 
Your mother's on the line. I guess you should probably take this call. Yeah, well, I'm aware of the ramifications if I don't. Uh, Mom, are you there? But yeah. are you conducting a radio call-in contest tonight? I cannot believe you did not tell me about this. Well, I guess we are, but it wasn't my idea. Uh, anyway, and it got it got sprung <laughs> on me right before we went in here. Man. <laughs> uh, hello, Mrs. Goodman. Hello, you are that laughter, huh? Uh, yes, I'm the designated laugher for the show. I should add, though, that I am actually a professionally trained talent who graduated from radio broadcasting program at Bates Vocational School. I can assure you I can do much more than just laugh. That's nice. So, Spud, should I hang up now and call the station back to get on the air with this contest? You know, I love radio call-in contests. I try to do at least two of them each week. Maybe I haven't won that many, but I have come really close. That's super. I last month, I was the seventh caller, and they went with the eighth one at Star 101.5. I almost got to speak to that nice DJ Ken Phillips, but the intern answering the phone said he was on a Hey, Mom, Mom, uh, there are clear FCC regulations preventing relatives of station personnel entering contests. Everybody knows that. It'd be funky if you called in and, and you won. Listeners would be pissed. It'd look like it'd be rigged. Yeah. Now, of course, maybe <laughs> that has been done before. Well, uh, we just heard that, but uh, Mrs. Yeah. Goodman, I think it would give the appearance of impropriety. Ethically, Absolutely. I, I, I would not... Who is this guy again? Spud, oh. I just don't see uh, the harm in letting Gerald. the mother almost die giving birth to you a chance like any other listener to win a prize. Well, first of all, you're not a listener. You never listen to my show. You call in, sure, but you have no clues on each show because when we're on, you have something better to watch on your television. <laughs> you know, Mom, I've never had to tell you to turn down your radio when you call in like everybody else because you never have the show on at your house. And secondly, our prizes suck, so I wouldn't waste your time. Well, I have to disagree with you on that, Spud. Our prizes may not be on the level of, say, the drive-time teams, uh, the major stations, but what we're giving away is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> well, Spud, your program is on in prime time, and I will not feel guilty for choosing to watch my shows instead. Start booking guests like Tom Selleck or Gary Sinise, and then I will I be a regular <laughs> And George... Are you giving away any cruises to the Caribbean? I've never been on a cruise before. 
Uh, Mom, I got to go. Please don't call in and try to fake out our interns who are screening calls because they're a little naive and pretty darn easy to put one over on, all right? so I got to go. Bye. Hey, anyone answering the phone, you guys, up there, just just be aware. She's going to be calling any moment, and you, you know what you got to do. All right, right now, uh, we got to move on here. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. your mind. Call the Spud Line. Call the Spud Line and give them a piece of your mind. 253-242-3054. Call the Spud Line. Call the Spud Line and give them a piece of your mind. Call the Spud Line. Okay, all right. If we're doing this correctly, this should only take a few seconds. Uh, I think we have somebody. That was fast. Caller, are you there? Caller, is there anybody uh, there? Fine, if we don't have to do this stupid thing. Nobody's on the line? It's not a stupid thing, Spud. I think people are going to like this. Is, is nobody on the line? Am I on the air? Yeah, I'm afraid you are, so... Can't you ask me something about a TV show or a video game? Well, I, I can't. I don't have a. I don't have a question like that uh, lined up. But we do. I have a great prize for this question, which is kind of tough. It comes from Dimitri Shoe Repair on Center Street. It's a free resole of any pair of wingtips or penny loafers. I guess those are the easiest to work on. Uh, who wants a pair of those? What do you think our demo is with this program? Sixty-eight to eighty-four-year-olds. <laughs> oh. Well, my grandpa has like five or six pairs of wingtips. He loves them. Okay, right. Caller, your question is this. What is the atmosphere of Mars mostly composed of? We're talking like 95%. You have five seconds. Uh, do I get a lifeline no, or something? No, no, you don't get a freaking lifeline, all right? All right, it's, what's your answer? Come on, come on. I was horrible What's your answer? I, I, I don't give a crap. What's your answer? Uh, air? Uh, unfortunately, we need a more detailed response. Good call, yo. Yeah, the correct answer is carbon dioxide. I'm sorry, no shoe repair for you. I guess maybe next week you'll have better luck if you're able to get through. It's super easy to get through tonight. It's like no one is calling in or something. Oh. Hey, duh. I mean, who would waste their time dialing a number to win new soles on their dress shoes? I mean, <laughs> shoes are like charging yeah. cords. They wear out and we buy new ones. Yeah, thank you anyway for entering our contest, caller. Please keep on listening. I never heard of this show. Yeah, great. Fine. Get rid of this dude. Oh. All right. Hey. Great job, Gerald. That was just that was fantastic radio. Sorry. Yeah. Right now, why, why don't uh, you check in and see if our next guest is on the line? That's like the one thing oh. you have to do. Oh, you're right, right, right. But I'm on it. Hang on here. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. He's good to go. They're saying Paul Rodriguez is holding for you. Well, right on time. Super. It's been a long time since I've uh, spoke with him, you know. Uh, I'm not bringing up uh, me borrowing a bunch of his uh, beer and food when we interviewed him in his oh. dressing room way back. I mean, it's a long time ago. He's yeah. probably forgot about it. It's not yeah, it, it's been long enough for him to forget. He probably has a hazy memory now. Yeah. Uh, listen, I know how pissed you get when someone around here even looks at any of the food laid out before you get the first shot at it. Yeah, as it should be, all right? I'll put the dude on. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, please say hello to comedian, actor, Paul Rodriguez. How, how you doing, man? It's been many years since we last spoke. It's been a while, son. I'm doing great, you know. I'm doing the same thing I've always been doing, you know, going around and and uh, doing my stand-up. Right, right. Uh, I took some time off, you know. I just saw a couple of pictures, and uh, I'm going to get back on the road now with my uh, Fifty Shades of Brown tour, and, uh, you know... Life goes on. Super. So, uh, yeah, well, thanks for, for checking back in with us tonight. So I got to ask you, what has changed for you in the last 15 years since we last spoke? Uh, you had to have, like, racked up a lot of air miles, paid off car loans, maybe upgrade the TV situation. Meaning yeah, that's for sure. I could, I could fly to the moon, according to, uh, you know, American Airlines. But uh, I uh, basically, it's still fun for me. You know, it, it gets a little harder, you know, getting older. Yeah. But uh, yep. it's still fun for me to get out there and, and uh if, uh, there's only one way to, to try out your comedy, and that's to, to take it out there. You know, when you do it on television, it's like a one-way mirror. But uh, you got to get out there and, and try to see if, if, if your stuff's still viable. You know, and so far the people have been terrific. So I, uh, I continue to, to do what I enjoy. All right, super. Well, I'm going to do a little tiny bit of This Is Your Life, Paul Rodriguez, and take you back to the right. time. You be, decided to become a comedian. Were you really seriously considering to become an attorney before you went into show business? Is that, is that a fact? Yeah, it is. You know, I was uh, I was uh, thinking of doing that because uh, I had uh, interest in uh, politics at the time. You know, I was uh, I, I grew up with uh, Cesar Chavez. I knew him well since I was twelve, wow. and uh, I wanted to you know be uh, be his right hand man and uh, try to fight for for civil rights and stuff. And then after a while, you uh, your your things change. You know, your your views change, and and uh, you become uh, you become what you eventually are, which is someone that's concerned about the about things going better, you know, but, uh, you know, that, that could drive you crazy, and, and I figured out that, you know, most lawyers are, are funny, too, except, you know, they're, they're uh, funny in a legislative way, so well, I just, uh, my, my, my taste changed, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I, I, well, if you ever did handle a case, I'm sure no one in the jury would ever nod off, so, I mean, it might have not been that bad of a current I was, choice. I was called to jury duty here in Los Angeles, where I live, right, and I went out to, to jury duty, and I went through a couple of processes, and then and then they, they, they X'd me out, they, they told me to go, because, you know, you're, you're recognized, so apparently that's a... That's uh, distracting. So, but I've always wanted to do that. So, dang. Who knows? One of these days when when I'm uh, when I'm unknown, I'll be able to judge, sit there and judge over somebody's uh, life. It's a pretty serious thing. Wow. So uh, you got to get famous to get out of jury duty. I got to really work on this thing. All right. Super. Um, so I know you've interviewed Paul here before. So do you think it would be okay for me to maybe say hello at least? You know, because he's sort of in the family now and could handle a third person involved in the discussion. I think you misunderstand why you're not allowed to join me in these interviews. I just thought maybe you felt the guest would not feel comfortable or something. Frankly, I don't understand your position, but as co-host, I'm... As co-host, it's not important that you understand. But if you must know, the old rule is two's company and three's a crowd. I mean, do you invite a third person into the bedroom with you and the wife? No, no, scratch. Bad analogy. Forget that. I clearly don't want the answer to that one. Now just zip it until I'm done speaking with Paul, okay? Right, right. Got it. Got it. Um... Well, well, Paul, what, what's your take on Google's driverless cars? Uh, would you feel safe on the freeways in L.A. knowing it was filled with people snoozing, doing their makeup, or watching a movie on their phones? <laughs> Not at all. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think the technology is, is that uh, secure yet that we can uh, trust driverless cars. You know, it, it, I'd have the same trepidations of doing that as, uh, as flying an Indonesian airline right now. You know, it, it's just not, not something that you feel secure about. But, 
who knows? You know, I mean, uh, some people drive like, like there's nobody driving on there. You know, yeah, all the, all yeah. The actions they have. Maybe it might be better for some people, I guess. Yeah, I, I was, don't know. I'll just I still Uber my way around though. I don't know if you want to look into their cards, but I'm pretty sure that stuff's going on right now. And uh, and, and I don't think Google's in their technologies in most of those vehicles. But anyway, moving on. Um, here's my money question, the, the go-to cliche one. What has been your most memorable moment in comedy to this point? Well, I guess the people that I've been able to see, uh, people that I've been able to meet in, uh, in show business, period. You know, if it weren't for the fact that I started doing this, I'd have never got to Africa. And I had dinner with uh, Nelson Mandela while I was over there doing the wow. movie Ali with uh, Will Smith and, mm-hmm. and a great cast. You know, just all the people that I've been able to, uh, to, to, to meet personally, you know, people that you would say, wow, you know, if, if I would ever meet this person, here's what I say. And then usually you just, uh, you just uh, flabbergasted, you know. Uh, I've met him and I've, had a chance to meet the Pope years ago, and wow. just uh, just the access of, of people. And of course, I knew Cesar Chavez well. That, that's a pretty good trifecta right there. But still, the, for me, the, the funnest thing is to stand in front of an audience. And my shows aren't aren't, aren't scripted. My shows aren't uh, you know you sit there and listen. And some people just ask me questions, and I veer off into another topic. You know, it, it's difficult to to stay. Uh, um, uh, current, if you don't have contact with, with people, you know, you just can't sit there in the, in the emptiness of your own room and come up with a joke. It, it's more than a joke. It's a, it's a conversation that you have with strangers, really. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. I, I enjoy it. I, I, I would do it for nothing, but thank God they, they're able to pay me, you know, so. All right. All right. Super. Well, Paul, let's not let, like, 15 years go by before we speak again. No, no, no. But listen, thank you very much, and, and it's nice talking to your audience, and I hope you get an opportunity to come out there and, and uh, you know, hear my stuff, you know, come on, be the critic, see what you think. All right, super. Mr. Paul Rodriguez. I like women of all kinds. When it comes to sex, we're not prejudiced. Uh, Latinos are not prejudiced when it comes to sex. You don't believe it? Hispanics come in every color that God ever invented. We are as black as Sammy Sosa, and we are as white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed as Cameron Diaz, Christina Aguilera. They're, they're the president of Peru not too long ago was Japanese-Hispanic Fujimora. Hey, I went to Juarez last night to eat at a Chinese restaurant. They got Mexican-Chinese people in Juarez. I shit you not, we went to eat at a place called El Chino Latino. The owner of the restaurant was named Juan Chon. He was all excited to meet me. Oh, señor, no le un placer tenerlo aquí. He introduced me to his wife, Chichona. Their daughter, Chimichanga. Their son, Yano Chingues. Their dog, Chicharron. I can go on all night, and I think I will. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Show. <laughs> Looks just like the real thing. All right, once again, the Jilly Rizzo. One, a two, a one, two, three, four. White people, they don't look the same. Black people, they don't look the same. Bald people, they all look the same, because they're bald. Red people, they don't look the same. Yellow people don't look the same. Bald people, they all look the same. Cause they're bald. Why did God punish them all? Why did God? 
Hey, uh, excuse me, Spud, but our last guest, Tommy Davidson, is ready to go on the line, I'm being told. Yeah, well, good. And, and please do not interrupt me when I get in a rhythm during the interview, okay? I hate that when that happens. Oh, sure sure thing, but I might feel the need to occasionally... Look, look just, just don't feel okay. That can get you in trouble. You feel too much. You should, like, try being dead inside like me. Life's <laughs> a lot simpler. Now, uh, now, put them on, please. Okay. Please welcome to the show comedian, actor, Tommy Davidson. How you doing tonight, Tommy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited about coming to Seahawk Country. I know that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we're ready for uh, the playoffs. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I'm not from Carolina, so. Uh, okay, all right, super. So we want to thank I cannot you. wait. That's I right. I cannot wait, bro. Well, we thank you for checking in with us tonight. So let's begin. Let's let's start this thing with touching on your experience uh, performing on In Living Color. Was that one of the top all-time variety shows ever to air on broadcast television? I, for one, would vote yes. What say you? I, for two, would vote yes. All right. Now, we, or, or we were tied with, uh, with the Saturday Night Live cast with Bellucci and Aykroyd and, you know, that crew. Not, not the Charles Rocket crew? Nah, 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 not at all. all right, you know that. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, what uh, kind of turnaround time did you have with writing and producing the sketches on the show? Did did Keenan have the final say on what made it to the air? Or was it more democratic? Uh, yeah, it was more democratic. You know, whatever was the funniest got on the air. Watch. Did you did it go right up to production time, kind of like Saturday Night Live? Or are... yeah, we were fast, man. We were really fast. Okay. You know, if it was funny, we laughed. If we put it on paper, it was on camera. We were fast. All right. Uh, super. Um, hey, in 2009, you were in a very, very cool movie, Black Dynamite. Uh, th- though you're nice. Yeah, I mean, Good that was for you. Really you cool. remembered. Absolutely. You remembered. Absolutely. Um, but here's my p- question: Your character, Cream Corn, was was killed off. Is there any chance for a sequel? I know probably that's not going to be a great deal for you, but I'd pay to see the movie. Yeah, well, the producer, director, dash, uh, brainchild of the whole project is writing a new version of that as we speak. Oh, cool. When that'll happen, I don't know. Uh, but the cartoon is actually better than the movie, I think. The cartoon is on uh, Adult Swim, Black Dynamite, the cartoon. And it's the number one on Adult Swim right now, too. We're in our second season. So that's bang. So please come back. That's very cool. All right, super. Um, I was a big fan of In Living Color. Hey, would it be appropriate for you to ask Tommy if any of those fly girls are still dancing? I'm just curious. You want me to ask if you could hook up with an ex-fly girl? You're a married dude, and no matter how old these women are now, they're still way, way out of your league. No, I don't want to date any of the old fly girls. I was just interested in what ex-dancers do professionally after they hang up their dancing shoes. Haven't you ever wondered what they're up to these days? Uh, no. No, no I do not. Okay, fine. I'll just try to look them up on LinkedIn. Get back to the interview. Sorry. Uh, so here we go. <clears throat> you know, Tommy, the life of a stand-up takes you all over the globe, and I, I guess you just got back from performing somewhere in Europe or wherever. I don't know. Where were you, by the way? I actually was in uh, Korea. Wow. All right. Um, I do, a, I do a, a lot of work overseas at all the military installments. I have a lot of fun with those kids out there. All right, cool. So, yeah, that was the last one. I've been to Afghanistan probably about six times over the last four years. They're 
really good. Oh, so do you do, do you uh, like is it a USO kind of thing where they take you out into the into the country? Or? Yeah, yeah, it actually is. It actually is not USO per se, but it's that type of deal. All right, you got a flak jacket not, on and everything. Say that again. You got a flak jacket on and everything, or? Yeah, I look like I actually ended up looking like a Ninja Turtle by the time I leave. I got the helmet, the, the vest, and everything. But it's worth it. It's worth the trouble. Absolutely, it is. I, I, I yeah. Um, I, I kind of like traveling because I, I know I can eat, you know, all I, all I want until I puke with a free continental breakfast. Uh, do, do you? Uh, uh, they give you stuff over there when you're on these tours for the military, right? They give you. They're not MREs. They give you like decent food or. Yeah, you know, fortunately, I like it. I actually like, you know, I love just straight up military school cafeteria institutional food i like it just give me a salt bridge steak and we go for gravy anytime all right all right super um well you know tommy you do the best sammy davis jr on earth there's no question about this do you ever though think how important it is to continue to do legendary figures like sammy as younger people these days might not even be aware of him so you're kind of carrying on the tradition to a degree yeah it's important to do let me tell you i mean last night i'm flipping through the channels and even the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, they've all gone reality. You know, I'm watching, last night I'm up watching a show about Ted Nugent's crew, uh -oh. Uh -oh. Who's, who's putting lights on the stage. So it's getting really exciting now. Yeah, yeah, okay, super. Um, <laughs> so, Tom, i got to ask you, this is last, my last question to you. If you could be president for one day, what would be your first executive order? Well, the first executive order, if I was president of the United States, is to probably uh, uh, implement a plan where, where, where um, uh, African-American men take the stairs instead of taking the elevator because they seem to be getting in trouble with these women. Uh, yeah, it was the, the elevator thing. Yeah, it's been kind of in the news. Uh, and I, I know Jay-Z had a tough experience in that. So, yeah, <laughs> probably good, good advice. Good advice. Uh, okay, all right. Well, once again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to call in tonight. Thank you for having me, man. And um, enjoy yourself. Try to see if you can come to the show. The media never comes. All right. Try, you're, uh, I'm in the process of being the best media there is. I want you to see it. Uh, that, all righty then. Uh, all right, Mr. Tommy Davidson. No, because I think white women are like superheroes, man. I'm telling you, they keep society moving. I'm telling you, I don't care if you're at the DMV or the f***ing CVS. You got a friend. If there's some bullshit, she always steps up for everybody in the store. What is this shit? White women take initiative, man. Son of a bitch! Where's the manager? You guys hold on. I'll take care of this bullshit. White women keep society moving, boy. You ever been in the line like a half an hour, no cashiers, no managers, white woman to the rescue? She fly in and shit. How long have you guys been in this line? How long have you been in this line? 45 goddamn minutes. Unbelievable. Hello, help these goddamn people! Thank you, white woman, you're welcome! I'm going to Home Depot. Sure I can find some bullshit over there. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, 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 uh. An exciting Sandy is in store for you. The whole family can go along in this wonderful five-passenger country cruiser by J.P. Glassley Manufacturing Company of Belleville, New Jersey. It folds up and attaches to any car and is fully equipped with tires and retractable caster wheels. Inside the Glassley Country Cruiser, complete equipment, including 
a gas refrigerator. Three burner gas range with oven and broiler. Portable dining table. And four large bunks. Now then, every camping car, you must have a compass like this one. When you leave the trailer at night, use this big searchlight equipped with a number 715 leak-proof, long-lasting, ever-ready battery. If hunting is your sport, you're all set to go with two excellent rifles. A Marlin 336 ADL with six-shot capacity, plus a Marlin small game rifle. And finally, for a pictorial record of all the fun you're having, this Polaroid Speedliner Land Camera that develops its own pictures in just 60 seconds. This entire trailer showcase is yours if the price is right. All right, well, this contest thing uh, totally blew. I mean, you know that, right? <laughs> I, I feel if we had a higher caliber caller, things would have worked out much better. This, this is the Spud Goodman radio show, man. What are you thinking? <laughs> well, okay, I have one more prize to try to give away. It's a free dessert with the purchase of a meal greater than $8 at any of the many conveniently located Azteca Mexican restaurants in the greater Seattle-Tacoma you're, area. You're kidding, right? A dessert at no. a Mexican restaurant? Yeah. We've, we've already gone over this subject on the show. You know my opinion on this topic. The absolute worst desserts are at Mexican restaurants. You don't go there for desserts. Have you ever eaten flan? Uh, ever? Mm. Fried ice cream isn't that bad. I mean, I prefer mine unfried, but it's better than flan well, for sure. Anything is better than flan. Yeah, listen, let's go flan. to the caller. Call, caller, are you flan. there? They said someone's holding. Yeah, I'm here, but I will not accept flan as my prize. Flan? No way. I'll call the attorney general's office and file a complaint if that ends up being my prize here. Yeah, I would write you a letter right now supporting your formal complaint, caller. Trust me. Fine. Fine. All right. I, I was going to use this coupon that I have now with my family this weekend. But if you can answer our question, I'm going to let you win two free games of bowling for a group of four at Tower Lanes here in town. Now, that's an $18 value without the shoe rental fees. All right. Now you're talking. Okay. I bowl in a league there. Oh. What's the question? Okay, all right. Listen, music's a big part of this program, so this one's going to deal with that topic. Are you ready? Who was the original drummer for the Lovin' Spoonful? You have five seconds. Uh, I think my mom had one of their albums. Uh, uh, Alex Van Halen? Oh, I'm so sorry. That's not correct. His name was Jan Carl. The Lovin' Spoonful? Who wrote up yeah. your questions? A retired librarian? <laughs> oh. That was not... That wasn't supposed to be funny, Gina. You came up with the worst question in the history of radio calling contests. Oh. I would agree. That was a horrible question. Your prizes are really weak, but I'm just going to let it go and not contact the Attorney General's office. Next time, have better prizes. I got to go. But I feel worst is a really subjective word to use. And caller, if you're still listening, I would advise you to bone up on your musical trivia. Alex Van Halen? Gina, he was in the, the lead singer for some band, right? Um, I, yeah, I think so. Really? You guys are embarrassing the show. Anyway, all I know, we've lost listeners, and that should be a concern. I'm going to make the decisions from now on. There will never again be any more contests on this show. That's probably a good idea. Uh, if that's the way you feel. I, myself, I think it's a rush to judgment, but that's just me, I guess. Yeah, well, that's what I do. I, as the, as the host of this thing, I rush to judgment, right. and you as the co-host implement my rulings. Simple as that. <laughs> I got to say goodnight now, so, um... So I guess I'm Spud Goodman. That's my name. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once again, here are the Jilly Rizzo. Enjoy.
made by hand and made from recycled bullshit. The mustard and the blood and the fatty not owned, and now they have to deal with it. You have been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, the Internet's last line of defense in the ongoing battle to rid the world of generic entertainment. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pite. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of this station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello, hello everybody. I am Lawrence, your host for the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Yeah, it's going to be my pleasure to bring you the highs and lowlights of tonight's uh, Spud Goodman show. Right, well, after having listened to it, there are sure a lot of both of those. So, you know, let, let's get going here. But uh, uh, first, before that, please, we got to say hi to my co-host Gina here. Hello, everyone. My name is Gina, and I will be much more than just a designated laughter laugher that I am on Spud Show. Just you watch. Now, I know you will be, Gina. Hey, hey can I ask you uh, how, how your day went today? You know, because I, I know about that, uh, that you were stressing out about that. Uh, you went to court and all that, fighting that speeding ticket. Oh, I, I won. It was the best day I've, I've had, had in a long time. Super. 
Yeah. The cop said he had me on the radar gun at 37 and a 35. And I know I was going 33, 34 max. So it was it was a matter of principle for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that, that took some courage, Gina, I got to say, because you know, most of the folks that you know, they're taking the plea deal and not risk going to prison during any time. Uh, well, it, we weren't exactly talking about prison time for me. It, it was more like a fine for one hundred and twenty five dollars. I But. I don't think I was going to punk out as I was innocent. Yeah, you tell it like it is, girl. Yeah, I had no idea you were so hard. Damn it. I know for a fact that the cop who pulled me over had some quota to meet, as it was the end of the month. It was a small city police department. I know they have bills to pay, too, but I'm sorry. I will not. Be just... like some little bitch, right? You know, uh, they, they don't know you. Uh, uh, no, Lawrence, if you could not use the B word around me. Super. You know, it, it brings back bad memories. Memories from an old boyfriend. Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. You know, now, now you beat the ticket, right? Now, did you get an apology? Uh, not exactly. The judge pro tem, or at least I thought he was some kind of a judge. L like I said, it's a small city. Anyway, he just told me to watch my speed when I was driving through town, and I just said to him, I'll be taking the long way around their jurisdiction from now on. Uh, good for you. Yeah. Super. Now, well, you know, I, I need to bring in our panel for tonight. Here we got. First up, we got Dave on the soundboard. Hey, Dave. Hey, what's up there? How you doing there? And then we have Alex, our engineer for tonight. Hey, Alex, how's it, how's it going there? Yeah, now uh, we got to say hi to our two, two interns, of course. We got Trent and Anna from Pierce College. Hey, hey, hey oh, 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 oh she's going to tell you. But now, now, you know, look, I, I hope you guys are not going to too many of those frat parties and all, because I've seen some of those shows on cables about those gatherings, and, you know, they look kind of wild. So, you know, it's probably not the time to talk to you about safe sex and all, but, you know, it's an important discussion, so we we can talk later. All right, super. Off the air might be better, Lawrence. Uh, so, do you have some music for us to kick things off? Yeah, you bet I do. Now, we're going to start with the music portion of the show with a band from Austin, Texas. This is Amplified Heat and their song Lost. And then we have one of Spud's top eight all-time rock songs, Pizza Chicken Burger. And that's going to be performed by the now defunct Northwest band, Squirt. Enjoy.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, all right. Now we got in the studio here today, the Jilly Rizzo. Yeah, welcome, you guys. Now, I gotta, I generally ask all the bands that come on the show here tonight, I ask the same question, but now you guys seem to be more in my space. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, now, how, a couple of you done any uh, prison time before? Like, you know, not, not a 15, 20-year stretch, but just maybe a couple of years even. Mara, you have. Well, I, I, I cooked. I cooked at the prison. Oh, right, you and did Purdy. cook? Uh-oh, Purdy prison cook. Yeah. All right, super. Well, yeah, props to you. Yeah, props to you. All right, that's some, yeah, you can get through some of that food there. Yeah. All right, now, now that name that you got, Jilly Rizzo. Now, now, let's talk about that. What does that mean? Is it like a secret code for like a club, or a fraternal organization? Well, if I don't like want to be too body, it's a, it's a move when you're in the sack. Oh, the Jilly Rizzo. Rizzo. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, what do you got this jilly. groove going? Good. Now, and, and now, 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 you know, bands, y'all like families and stuff like that. You ever get disagreements, you know, things get a little hairy, a little heated, and, and somebody's going to pull out a shank on you? Shank. <laughs> I get hot flashes occasionally, and these guys need to leave the room. Oh, but yeah, I'm scared I, of you, Dan. That's not super. Not oh. super. Yeah, well, no, no, you're going to play a song for us tonight. What's the name of the song you're going to well, do? Well, it's yeah. a song we played in the first hour when we drove all the way from Renton, so we'd like to um, actually do it yeah, before we got cut off. It was kind of rude, kind of foul, kind of coarse. Super. Yeah, we we just like to do what we came down here to do, if that's not if you don't take umbrage to that. I don't take any umbrage okay. to that. All right, let's hear right. the Jilly Rizzo. It's called Fatty Got Owned. Goodman post show report. 
All right, now, now, who we got uh, coming up tonight for uh, celebrity highlights? All right, it, uh, Spud was excited to speak with actress Fran Drescher, who, besides starring and producing the sitcom The Nanny, she co-starred in one of Spud's all-time favorite movies, Spinal Tap. Roll the clip. Uh, yeah, in fact, was. But let me let me move on to uh, the other film that has meant so much to so many, and specifically me. It's quite possibly the most important American movie ever made, Spinal Tap. Um, in your role as Bobby Fleckman, did you sense on that set that this film would ultimately re, you know, remain just as cool a century from now? Because it, it's going to be. With the writing and the performances, it should have swept the 1984 Academy Awards, and it was a travesty. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny because I just had dinner last night with Rob Reiner. Oh, and Super. we were uh, and we were having dinner also with Danny and Donna Aykroyd. So I was working on Dan Aykroyd's film where I met Danny and Donna. We all met at the same time on a film called Dr. Detroit. Right. I was working on that movie when my agent called and said that you should take a meeting with Rob Reiner, who's doing his directorial debut in a movie called Spinal Tap. There's no script, it's just an outline. The whole movie is improv, and they're getting very good comic actors to be a part of it. So I said, great, and I went in there and uh, met with Rob and talked about, you know, just life and the movie I was shooting with Danny, and he said, you know, you're doing some, you're very interesting to me, and it's not what I was picturing for the character, but I like it. And so that was the beginning, and it was low budget. You know, I supplied my own wardrobe. Wow. And, uh, and you kind of made things up following the outline of information that you had to get out in scene to scene. Mm -hmm. And so I can't say that when I was doing it, I knew that it was going to be as magical and well done as it came. And I must say, they had like over nine hours of footage, but Rob very artfully and craftfully edited it down to a 90-minute film that became a cult classic to this day. I am always stopped by major rock stars Heck yes. who say, we worship you, we watch that movie on the road, you're never going to see a music bus that doesn't have that DVD on the bus to watch, and it still holds up, and I feel, you know, really blessed to have been a part of it. Um, it's just an amazing kind of... Uh, bird's eye view of the industry done very tongue-in-cheek and actually started a whole genre of filmmaking yes it did called the mockumentary yes it did um i mean it will be just as vital centuries from now yeah that fan dresser she crazy right <laughs> but spinal tap i mean great movie i'm a big fan yeah, you know that's that uh, entirely enough we've d we're done wait, with spinal wait, tap wait, that was like wait. 30 years ago Cause you're good luck, I don't be nice to you Cause you're good luck, I 
yeah, that, that's rock and roll right there in the rock and roll lifestyle. Like, you gotta do your thing, Jilly, the Jilly Rizzo. Yeah, well, we're gonna keep the rock and roll going here. Now, we got, we next up, we got here a show favorite here. It's Trees and Timber with their song, Good is in the Graveyard. And then we have Kitten with Kill the Light. All right, let's go.
for more of the Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. All right, it's time for our second celebrity highlight of Spud's show. This time it was comedian and actor Paul Rodriguez. Uh, Spud, Spud had previously interviewed Paul 15 years ago on his cable TV show. He responded to Spud's question about his career choice to get into stand-up comedy over being an attorney. Let's check it out. I, uh, I continue to, to do what I enjoy. All right, super. Well, I'm going to do a little tiny bit of This Is Your Life, Paul Rodriguez, and take you back to the time you decided to become a comedian. Were you really seriously considering to become an attorney before you went into show business? Is that that a fact? Yeah, it is. You know, I was was, uh, thinking of doing that because uh, I had uh, interest in uh, politics at the time, you know. I I, I grew up with uh, Cesar Chavez. I knew him well since I was 12. And uh, I wanted to, you know, be uh, be his right-hand man and uh, try to fight for for civil rights and stuff, and then after a while, you uh, your your things change. You know your your views change, and and uh, you become uh, you become what you eventually are, which is someone that's concerned about the about things going better. You know, but uh, you know that that could drive you crazy. And and I figured out that you know most lawyers are are funny too, except you know they they're, they're uh, funny in a legislative way. So well, I just uh, my 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 taste changed, I guess. 
Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I, well, if he ever did handle a case, I'm sure no one in the jury would ever nod off. So, I mean, it might have not have been that bad of a career I was, choice. I was called to jury duty here in Los Angeles where I live, right? And I went out to, to jury duty and I went through a couple of processes. And then and then they, they, they X'd me out. They, they told me to go because, you know, you're, you're recognized. So apparently that's a... That's uh, distracting. So, but I've always wanted to do that. So, dang. Who knows? In one of these days, when when I'm uh, when I'm unknown, I'll be able to judge, sit there and judge over somebody's uh, life. It's a pretty serious thing. Wow. So uh, you got to get famous to get out of jury duty. I got to really work on this thing. All right. Super. Um. So, Paul, you're. You know, I tell you what. I wish that I had a funny attorney when I was uh, on trial for my. For, for the case that I had. Oh, yeah. That that, that yeah. Uh, attorney, he was real serious. He said, well, uh, you know, he didn't do it. Yeah. He just said he didn't do it. But if he said, come on, look at here, look at that yeah. face, and he made the jurors laugh, I could have walked. Absolutely. You make Super. people laugh, they always, you know, believe you. Yeah, I know. I believe anybody who's uh, who makes me laugh, you yeah. know. Serious people, I think they're lying. They're oh, too yeah. serious. They're too serious. Yeah, yeah you, you, you can't lie and joke at the same time. Throw a little charm or something yeah, in there. Have some yeah. charm. I think a comedian would be a great attorney. I, I would totally hire that attorney. Yeah, I would too. Oh. Yeah, somebody somebody needs to like make that a requirement. Yeah. Uh, to pass the bar, you got to tell a joke and you got to make me laugh and split my side. You got to put it saying. on your business card, too. Comedian slash attorney. That's right. So they know. I'll make you laugh. I'll get you. I'll get you free. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, you know what? Let's let's do some a little bit more music now here. Now, now uh, we got a band here. It's a Northwest band, Vanilla, with uh, Jay Jarman, Sean Gaffney, Carl Funk, Mara Funk, and Dana Sims. And this is their song they just released called High Karate Girl.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Uh, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, they're they're saying we have a call uh, holding. Uh, it, isn't it exciting when people call in to talk with us? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, now, now, who is it? Oh, I don't know. You need to take the call and ask them, I guess. All right. Hey, hey Caller, you're on the air now. Now, who are you? It's, uh, it's me again. Name's Hank. Called a couple months ago. Did a, did a recent stretch at Folsom and before that, a short stay at Chino. I wanted to All right, super. That weak-ass NBC, MSNBC lockup show. Have you been watching it recently? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been watching that. You know, I have that as one of my favorites on the DVR. I never miss it. Who is the star of that show? I've never seen it. Lawrence, last Friday night, did you see the show with the cafeteria scene? Did you believe how plush that place was? Look like a two-star hotel restaurant. Yeah, I saw that episode. Yeah, you know, I said out loud, what the hell is going on with prison life now? I mean, you know, back in the day, we had to make do with a dining hall that had benches instead of chairs. Super. You know, did I see folded linen napkins on the table at that prison? Sure did. And they had an ice cream bar, too, with a ton of different toppings. Those guys were whining on camera about their treatment. Maybe I'm too old school, but they would never survive where I've been. Uh. Was it really ice cream, or could it have been frozen yogurt? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was ice cream, Gina. You know, you know, Hank, that, that's true. You know, today's prisoners, they're as soft as Ryan Seacrest's butt cheeks. You know, I don't know where this ends. You know, what, what, you know, the soon enough they're going to be complaining that uh, they can't go on work crew because of the job stress. Hey, man, I, I see that coming, coming too. It makes me embarrassed to say I did time, you know? Well, yeah, you know, I don't know if I go that far, but, but yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. You uh, you think someday prisons will be obsolete and they'll just send all prisoners to outer space somewhere? I mean, maybe they'll just dump everyone on some planet and make it like a reality show, like Survivor with a tinge of Mad Max walking with Thunderdome tossed in. Super. Why do so many people hate Mel Gibson these days? Because he's a dick, Gina. Hey, Hank, you know, I, I would watch that show for sure. It's good that you and I are done with our prison time. Your name is Hank, right? Yeah? Hank? Uh, no, no, look, Hank, I don't think that, that either of us fit inside the walls anymore, you know? Uh, no, sir. Couldn't stand more than a day or two with these little whiners. But that tier captain at most facilities days has to deal with uh, 100 prisoner complaints a month. You know, I blame the video games on people with 20 days. Turns into little babies instead of men. Yeah, that could Super. be. I tell you, you know, I, I have to think on that one a bit. I don't know. Hey, well, well, Hank, you know, I, I got to go now. Now, you can call us again, all right? Sure will. Uh, you been interested in getting coffee together this week? Uh, maybe Starbucks for coffee, my treat. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. much free all week Wait, too. Not, not, Gina, not, no offense and all, but this guy, this is a guy time Super. thing. You know? Hey, hey, Hank, why don't you leave your cell number with with one of our interns here, and I'll hit you back tomorrow. All right, uh, later, Super. man. Super. Yeah, later. All right, now we're gonna get back to some more music here. They're called Super. the Wannadies, and uh, they they released a song called Hit in '97, and then we have the group. A Nervelle Vogue and their cover of Love Will Keep Us Together.
days, no fun Tuesdays are waste Wednesdays, I go out, oh, nothing
All right, that song group, uh, that song there, Novel Vogue. Yeah, I kind of was a Captain Tania fan. I said love will keep us together. It's actually love will tear us apart. Because we're going to play some Sun Velvet Sidewalk in this song, Mousetrap. And here we go. Five minutes. All right. Now for our last celebrity segment, we have an excerpt from Spud's interview with comedian actor Tommy Davidson and his response to Spud's question about his days on the show in Living Color. All right. Let's begin. Let's let's start this thing with touching on your experience uh, performing on In Living Color. Was that one of the top all-time variety shows ever to air on broadcast television? I, for one, would vote yes. What say you? I, for two, would vote yes. All right. Now we or or we were tied with uh with the Saturday Night Live cast with Bellucci and Aykroyd and you know that crew. Not not the Charles Rocket crew. Nah, 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 not at all. All right, you know that. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, what? Tommy David, Tommy Davidson, boy. Yeah. I tell you, that's a blast from the past and living color. Yeah, I, you know what? He was kind of one of the less crazy ones on yeah. the show. I, yeah. I only really remember uh, Jim Carrey. I, I was pretty young Super? when that show was uh, was coming out. You so. can't forget Jim Carrey. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. Well, mostly because of what happened, you know, after the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I tell you why I like that show because the Living Color was inspired me to do my painting and my artwork. Because I just thought living color, and I would just knock out a Matisse or something like that. Oh, wow. oh yeah, it was so. Really, really, you aren't like a charcoal guy. You're I was going. not a charcoal guy. Just bring me all the colors. Bring me the Monets. Bring me the vibrant. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and that's a, it. Inspired me for that. So I thank you, Tommy Davidson and Jim Carrey for. 
for getting me, I what, guess, in the joint. Wasn't J-Lo a, a dancer on that show, too? She was a dancer Gosh, on that a lot show. of people yeah. came out of that show. I yeah. should go back and watch it. I say watch it. It's good for yeah. a laugh. Maybe we can find an attorney to pull out of that show. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's I think, great idea. I think John Boehner like got his start on that show. John Boehner. Oh, yeah. That, that color, the orange color from yeah, the movie yeah, color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't just saying uh, <laughs> All right, now let's do some more music here. Now, now the first band that we've uh, got coming up here in this segment is uh, Blanco Bronco. They're a veteran of this show here, and their song, Masquerade. Then we have a band from Liverpool, England, The Stand, and their song from 94, Here She Comes Again. Yeah. 
Right, you know, uh, we're getting kind of starting to wind down, and we're starting to get near the end of the show here. You know, it oh. don't don't you hate when Already? that happens? Yeah, oh, you know, it's before flies. you know you blink. You know, it's kind of like being a little kid. You know, true. but you know, it, it's when you know I was at the joint at Pelican Bay. You know, my day it'd be going great. I'd be having fun. I'd be out in the yard and I'd be playing Parcheesi and uh, you play Parcheesi. I play. We played Parcheesi and Sorry for Money in the joint. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah my grandfather taught me how to play Parcheesi. That that was oh. uh, that just brings back memories of my youth. Not in the joint, but you know. Right now, now did your grandfather take you for money? Uh no, no, no. Oh, see now, if you play Parcheesi for, uh, for money. Then the stakes, stakes get high, the stakes yeah, get high. And then I can you, see that. It changes your game. You play a whole different style, I tell you. You know, well, we be doing that, and, you know, next thing you know, they're ringing the bell, they're hollering, they're blowing the horn, and we got to head back to our cells. Lights out. We mm. got to go to bed. It's kind of a buzz kill, you know. Yeah, it's been years since I was ever told I had to go to bed, Lawrence. I mean, that's That's got to be a strange feeling. Oh, yeah, it's really strange. You know, yeah. but yeah, I tell you what. You get used to it after a few months. And, you know, in the summertime, you know, when it's uh, the light's still out, that's when it gets tough. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It, you know, you get these long, long daylight hours. Now, now, we couldn't see outside, but we knew that somewhere near the prison that there were these little kids outside playing kickball and kick the can and all that stuff. And we had to go to bed before the kids. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. And I didn't like that. We, yeah, I, we wanted to be outside to play, too. You I know? Bet. In, a, in, a, in a just world, the kids would be in prison. Let the kids be in prison. <laughs> Let them do the time. Let the grownups go outside and play kick the cat. I could play me some yeah. kick the cat, I tell go. you. Yeah. I, now, did you guys ever suffer from that, um, that thing, that seasonal defective depression in the winter? You know, you don't get enough sunlight. You get really depressed. Yeah. You know, you, you don't get go outside very much. No. So, so you, you're depressed because you're in the joint and yeah. you're doing time. Super. And then you're depressed on depressed because you got that seasonal affective sads thing. You know, going. I would think that if they would give you guys more sunshine, then you'd be happier convicts. And a happier convict comes out a little bit more well-adjusted, don't you think? That's right. A happy convict is a well-adjusted convict. Yeah, right yeah. now, they're just trying to give us that... That um, lithium and Prozac and all that uh, other uh. stuff to adjust us. And I tell you what, a lot of us are allergic to it. Oh, did, yeah. did, did you ever make license plates? We did make license plates. And you know what? To kill the time, we put little joke joke names on the license yeah, plate. Yeah. You know, I think I've seen some of those. Oh, have you seen them? <laughs> you know, if you see one that has you in stitches, that was me. Uh. That's right. Yeah, because there's some like if you read them upside down. You know, like the three becomes an E and stuff, and you can spell all kinds of interesting. Oh, see, Dave, uh, yeah. you're real creative there. I like yeah. you. See, we could have used you in the joint knockdowns. <laughs> I kind of almost wish I almost there. wish I was there. It sounds like fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun there. But you know, I tell you, it's hard to get get around that whole issue with the with the dark coming so late and stuff like yeah. that. You know, because you, you don't have any sunlight. It, well, they should put the those little sun lamps in your cells and then you 
you get that sunlight from the sun lamps. You know, some of the guys had those lamps. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. You know, most of the guys that had them, they were the neo-Nazis. They were the ones that had the the skinheads and stuff. Mm -hmm. I tell you, it was kind of crazy because all those swastika tattoos started fading out and they just looked like a crazy S sometimes because of all those heat lamps and uh, (laughs) the ultraviolet you know, tanning lamps they would use. You know, now, me, I didn't worry about that because being in the dark for long periods of time, I could read and read and read, you know, and mm-hmm. I could get my, my BA and my master's done when I was on the inside, there, you know. There's something strangely ironic about a white supremacist working on his tan. Yeah, I know. You know, I think it's kind of like, you know, the white guys driving the black cars and the black guys driving the white cars. It might yeah, have something yeah. to do with that. The grass is know? always greener on the other side. It might be. The, the grass uh, is always yeah. always browner. Yeah. White power through darkness, maybe. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. All right. Well, you know, uh, it, 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 I, it, I had to do the time, and, and I let them have their, their sunlamps well, if they need You got a, a good place to establish proper study habits. I mean, it sounds like you did pretty well. I did really well yeah. with that the, the study time I had in the joint to get my two degrees. Yeah. It worked out just fine. All right. Well, something good comes out of that. Yeah. You know what? Like, I, all right. Well, you know, I'm stalling right here. I just don't want to say goodbye, but I got to say goodbye, and I got to say thanks. To our panel here, we got uh, Dave on the soundboard. Always appreciate it. It's been a wonderful show. Oh, it's been a fun show. And Alex, thank you for all the work you do on the board there, engineering and whatnot. And of course, I got to mention Trent and Anna, our college interns, you know, doing such a great job. And you know what? You know, I'm going to tell you to carry production. It's always important for you college kids, you know, what goes on out there. You know, when the moment's right, you got to be prepared. Now we know better. And we are out of time. Uh All right. You know, our last song, we're going to have a, we're going to close this show with a tune from Jack Larson called Roaches. Now, I hope we meet up again next week. All right. Later. Yes, sir. We've got a really, really, really big shoe here for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Right here on our stage, we're going to have for you a whole colony of roaches doing a toe dance for you. I woke this morning, do you know what I found? Well, I found those cockroaches crawling all around. I found those roaches crawling around my bed. I found the roaches crawling around my head. Since my baby put me down, I'm the saddest man around. And I won't, won't stay here no more. No, no, no. Roaches on the ceiling, roaches on my clothes. Quick, somebody help me, I got something on my nose. Oh, those roaches. Crawling round my head, I found those roaches Crawling round my bed since my cupid doll put me down I'm the saddest man around and I won't, won't stay here no more No, no, no Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, executive producer Lori Madsen, associate producer David Deer, live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, audio highlights Derek Schneider, our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell, theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin, copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.